0: Good. This is working. So, uh hi, I'm Patrick. Hi, Patrick. For those of you who don't know me, consider yourselves lucky. Uh I'm uh God loves you, Apparently, I'm an elder here at the church. I've been attending the church for I don't know how long. Um I came to faith when I was 35. That was a long time ago because I'm now officially quite old this year. Uh, so coming to faith later in life, as I did, you have a different perspective than people have had it their whole life. For one thing, uh, I I did a lot of sinning and made a mess of my life. And when I came to Christ, I realized how good Jesus really is. I'm envious of the people who had Jesus their whole lives because they have less healing to do than me. But anyways, um, so I've been doing prayer ministry on and off at the church for a while. I worked on reworking the KM1 manual in 2012. So I've been kind of sort of leading prayer ministry since then. The core of the Vineyard Prayer model is the five-step model, which is discussed in the book that Scott's handing out. When we teach prayer ministry, we usually use this book. It's the KM1. KM1 is a bigger course. This is the book. We will probably be running it in September. That's the book. If you want to look through it today, feel free. I have a lot to say about prayer ministry, but today I only have a few minutes, so I'll keep this relatively brief. Five step model has five steps. Who here wants to see more miracles? The people who didn't put your hands up, we can pray about that. In order to see more miracles, to see the work of the Lord, we must develop a lifestyle of making room to hear God's voice, and we must take the risk of obeying that voice. The first two steps of the vineyard five step prayer model are about hearing the Lord's voice. Step one, the interview. Step two, the diagnostic decision. Don't like the word diagnostic. Gotta tell you, don't like that word. Step three, prayer selection. Four, prayer engagement. Five, post-prayer direction. Today, we're gonna look at steps one and two. So being able to hear the Lord's voice and then having the courage to step into what you're hearing is key, but that's step two. Step one, the interview. So here's how it looks. Someone comes forward for prayer. Ask simple questions. What would you like prayer for? How can I help you? What's your name? What are you here for? Keep it simple. Listen to the person. Make eye contact. Smile at them. Make them feel listened to. Engage with them. Okay? Take your time. At the same time as you're listening to them, you're leaning into the Holy Spirit. You're leaning into Jesus. You're leaning into however you connect with God, and you're listening to what God is telling you. Okay? It's light, it's simple. Remember, well, for most of us, with two exceptions in the room, you're not a doctor, and you're not a professional counselor. (laughs) We don't go into lavish detail. We don't interview the person for half an hour. We don't dig into their history, and did your father also have a heart condition? We don't dig into all that. That's it. That's good enough. If you happen to be a retired doctor or an active counselor... And you see something that triggers some area of your profession, or maybe you're just a music producer and you think this person could really sing. You leave that alone, okay? It's, it's a difficult thing, as you may know. It's a difficult thing to come forward and say, I need prayer. It's hard. Most of you need prayer, but most of you won't come to the front of the church for prayer because it's vulnerable, so when we're praying for people, we need to be respectful and we need to just keep it light, keep it easy, okay? When we get to step five and we talk about post-prayer direction, that's when you say to somebody, you know, after a prayer today, maybe you should go see a dentist. Maybe you should eat less garlic, whatever. You know, you can, you can have those discussions afterwards. And, but even afterwards, which I don't want to get into today because I only have half an hour, keep it light. There's four guiding principles in prayer ministry, okay? One, be nice, okay? If you believe that you are God's gift to the church and you are the prophet and you are here to bring correction, when you're doing prayer ministry, just set that aside. Just hold that intention. Someone comes forward and they say, what'd you like prayer for today? I just, you know, I'm not feeling great. You don't sit there and you go, the Lord is telling me that you're a sinner. No, that's not being nice. Be nice. Again, appreciate. It's it's a vulnerability to come forward for prayer. Two, girls pray for girls, boys pray for boys, which is a little complicated in this day and age, but generally, please laugh at that. (laughs) People presenting as girls Pray with people presenting as girls. Girls play with girls, boys pray with boys. The reason for that is we're, again, we're opening a door of intimacy and vulnerability. So we need it to be safe. If you feel inclined to, or you feel the Lord asking you to pray for somebody of a different gender, then make sure you have somebody of that gender with you. So if a woman is standing there and the Lord is leaning into me, like I have a word for her that I'd like you to deliver, and if that doesn't make sense, we'll get into that in more detail later. I will grab my wife and have her stand with me when I pray. Again, it's about safety, okay? You have no intent to do anything inappropriate, but mm, sometimes things can be interpreted weirdly. Sometimes someone will see me praying one-on-one with somebody and go, what's that all about? Better than it's two praying for one or more, okay? And again, we want the person to feel safe. The prayer isn't about me praying for the other person. It's about them and Jesus. And the best that I can do is create a sense of intimacy between them and Christ. And that's not gonna happen if there's all this weird political and agenda and weird stuff going on. Which leads us to (laughs) principle three of our four principles, or maybe this is five now, I'm not even sure. Don't steal the blessing. This is complicated. We'll talk about this in more detail. You are presenting Jesus and the Holy Spirit to this person in a meaningful way. It's about Jesus and them. It's not about you. So, when I'm praying, when I have a gift for somebody, when I have a word or healing or whatever it is, I receive this gift from the Holy Spirit and I give it to the person. I'm done. I'm invisible. Most of the prophetic words I've received in my life, I've forgotten within minutes. Because it wasn't for me. It was about Jesus and them. And if I get in the way and I try to be, well, Lord, and listen to me, and I'm the man, and I'm the prophet, I'm getting in the way. I'm stealing the blessing. It's not about me. Better that you're anonymous. Better that you're invisible. I can't tell you. Now, I qualified previously that I said that I've been praying for people for Oh God, 25 years, that's how old I am, okay? I can't tell you the number of times I've had powerful prophetic words and ideas and healings for people that I receive no credit for. Last week in church, I prayed powerfully over somebody and it was really intense. Talking about it later, one of the other people who contributed one sentence, they were all talking about him. And I'm like, oh, well, whatever, right? Because it's not about me. When you're praying for somebody, it's not about you, it's about them. That's principle four, don't steal a blessing. Principle five, this is right from the word of John Wimber, who is one of the founding members of the Vineyard Church. Be authentic. Now, I don't really like the word authentic, because it sometimes has baggage, but the idea is, don't make stuff up. Just do what the Lord's telling you. Don't try to make it flowery and nice. Just, this is what I'm hearing. This is what's happening. Don't try to be you know, exciting. Um, if anybody's been through the Alpha program, there's a cool thing where Nikki Gumbel was praying for somebody. And as he prayed, his Bible fell and hit the ground and it made this noise. So every time when he prays for somebody, he drops a Bible because it, that's the power of God. That's not authentic. That's, this is the technique that worked. The five-step prayer model looks like a technique, but it isn't really. There, there's the room to be authentic. There's the room for this is what's happening in the moment, we just go with it. When I'm praying, I try not to be Patrick. I try to be whatever God wants me to be in the moment. Okay? It's authentic. Does that make sense? Any questions about the interview? What was point three back? One, be nice. If I was clever, I'd have a slide about this. One, be nice. Two, uh, same gender. Uh, three is two on one. So it's always best that there's two people praying for one person. In line with that... <laughs> and this actually slides into don't steal the blessing, which is number four, and five is be authentic. In line with two on one is we don't pray in secret with other people. We don't whisper in their ears, right? We don't do this. Scott, I have a word for you. We don't do that. It's creepy and weird. The person standing beside you, who's threw that. The person standing beside you needs to hear it as well. It's a communal moment. You're working together. You're hearing each other. Again, it's about safety. It's about creating an environment that's respectful and safe and you're not doing anything weird. Uh, Also in line with this general concept is that if somebody prophesies over you something that's complete crap, then you have the right to just go, nah. eh." If someone's praying for you and they make you feel uncomfortable, you can just smile and say, I'm good, I'm done. And if you're praying for somebody and they do that, don't be offended, just go, okay, cool, step back. That's really important, okay? Generally, we know the people who shouldn't be praying and we see it coming. You can feel it. So generally, if someone's praying for you and they make you feel uncomfortable because you feel like they might have an agenda, then you just go, I'd rather you didn't pray for me, okay? Okay? That's very hard to do, I know. Likewise, if you're praying for somebody and that happens, you just go, you'd be very Canadian. Oh, I'm sorry. Cool, I'll get someone else. It's cool. And you should be okay with that because it's not about you. It's about them. There's a member of our church, a number of years ago, who had significant issues with men because she'd been traumatized. I saw her in the congregation and I said to my wife, ah, I, I... I feel like I want to pray for her. So I walked up and I said, can I pray for you? And she said, no. And I went, okay, cool. Can I get someone to pray with you? I'll get my wife. And my wife went and prayed with her. And my wife was like, yeah, she's big, big trauma from her dad. And it's like, well, it's appropriate. I've never prayed for this woman because it's not about me. If I felt like I had something to say to her, I would say it through someone else. And then there's a filter and I get safe. The Lord is overwhelming with miracles and love and grace. We don't need to grab each one like a straw and cling to it. And if someone gives you a prophetic word, does everybody know what I mean by a prophetic word? You know, I feel like the Lord is telling you that you need to sell bananas or ice cream. You know? If someone is giving you a prophetic word that you don't like, you just say, thank you. And you, you know? But don't cling to it with white knuckles. I never want to hear somebody say, ten years ago you prophesied this over me and it still hasn't happened. I'd be like, well, well, just drop it, man. I was wrong. I screwed up. You know? The Lord is infallible and forever and beautiful and amazing. But the Lord, you know, our relationship with the Lord is, is tenuous and it's based on how we are with Jesus in the moment and all these things. So we screw up all the time. That's just the way it is. One of the beauty of having two people praying for one is that. I'll be praying and I'll lose track of what I'm doing. And the person praying with me will pick up on us something and go with it or vice versa, you know, anyways. So that's us interview. <laughs> Ask a question. Cool. Step two, the diagnostic decision. Again, don't like the word diagnostic. If you're a clinician, your, uh, your hackles are going to be up seeing that. Um, we pray to God and seek to answer the question. What is the root cause? Now, the Lord may not tell you the root cause. The Lord may tell you what to do about it. If it if the root cause may be physical, psychological, spiritual, or all three. Okay? Sometimes when someone comes forward with a sore shoulder, they have a sore shoulder because there's unforgiveness in their life and they're dealing with issues and there's tension and it's caused this. Sometimes a sore shoulder is just a sore shoulder. So if we go demon hunting and trying to do deliverance and it's just, they fell down, they slept funny. We're like spinning our wheels, trying to tear up something that's not there. So we need to go beyond the observable to the root cause. Someone steps forward. I'll use a, a sore shoulder example because the person I prayed for isn't here today. And it was great. The guy came forward. And what would you like prayer for today? I got a sore shoulder. So there's step one done. Oh, I got a sore shoulder. Good. I'm not gonna go into his medical history and discuss the psychology of muscle spasms. I'm like, okay. So I engage in step two, the diagnostic decision. And here's where it gets tricky. I shut my mouth and I say, Jesus, what do you wanna do here today? Now for every one of you, this question and how you move forward is up to how you work with the Lord. You might say, Holy Spirit. You might say, Jesus, you might say, Father God. You might say, oh my God, now what? out loud or in your mouth or out loud or in your head, Jesus, what do you want me to do here? What's really going on? You don't need to know what's going on. You don't need to know that this guy had a fight with his wife and she threw a plate at him. You don't need to know that. But maybe, or maybe not. So that's why it's, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Jesus, what's really going on? How do you want me to pray, Jesus? You don't ask the person how you want to pray. You ask Jesus how you want to pray. And there's this principle in the Bible that you may have heard called wait on the Lord. So you wait on the Lord. Because honestly, nobody here can heal anybody except for Bruce Snyder. But that's when he was a doctor. And really what you're doing is you're getting the body to heal itself. That's a whole other issue. So you can't heal people. Jesus heals people. And if somebody comes forward with a sore shoulder, is it psychological, physical, or spiritual? I don't know. So this guy goes forward and I go, Jesus, what do, you want, what do you want to say to this guy today? And I put my hand on his shoulder. Oh, that's another thing. Ask permission. When you're praying for somebody, we like to put hands on people. You don't have to, but the hand thing is, is about comfort. It creates a connection. It makes it a little easier. Sometimes you don't lay hands on. Go with your gut instinct. I'm going to pray for Chris. And I go, can I put my hand on your shoulder? To this day. Chris, can I put my hand on your shoulder before I pray for him? And Chris is always, yes, he's got no problem with that. I go to pray for Twyla, and I don't even ask because, "Mm, no, it doesn't feel right today. I'm not even going to ask. I just don't put my hand on her. Okay? Some of that's just instinct, but always ask. Never just, boof. So I put my hand on this guy's shoulder, and I go, Jesus, what are you saying to this guy? And within seconds, I feel in my spirit somehow, I don't know how to describe it exactly, that he has an issue with his brother. And they've had a big fight. And I go, okay. So do I say to him, oh, you had a fight with your brother? I go, and then I'm like, okay, Jesus, what do I do with that? And Jesus is likewise to forgive him. Oh, that's it? That's it. Okay. So I just say to the guy, um, with regard to your shoulder, do you think maybe you should forgive your brother? And he just goes like this, Ugh, that again. So we. Simple prayer, forgave his brother for whatever. We'll get into that later. Tab will teach that kind of stuff in the next few weeks. He forgave his brother. That's all happened. That's all he did. We didn't do any kind of Holy Spirit sweep away the pain. We just, he just forgave his brother for I don't know why. And the pain left. And he's like, okay, we're done. Okay, so that's number two. It was a spiritual or a psychological issue that was manifesting physically. If I had done the um, panic, typical kind of prayer where you just go, in Jesus' name, pain, leave, which is a completely valid prayer, the pain might have gone, but we wouldn't have dealt with the underlying issue, which is why step two is so important that we listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay? How many people here quickly and easily hear the Holy Spirit? Hands up. Okay? How many people here have felt the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And if you don't know what that means, that's cool. Just don't put your hand up. That's good? Okay. Here's the deal with prayer. Okay. So my name is Patrick and uh, I have a server in my house. So my friend Ryan Tannen came and set it up. Uh-oh, servers broke down. So I'm going to phone Ryan Hey, Ryan, it's Patrick. Um, the server's broken and I need to fix it. Can you come fix my server? Thanks. Does that going of work? Not to be critical, but that's how most people pray. Jesus, uh, my life is a tragedy. Come and fix it. Thanks, Jesus. Goodbye. Okay. What if we did this? I'm actually phoning him, by the way. Hey, Ryan, I need your help. Server's not working. (laughs) You heard that, eh? Same with Jesus and with prayer. Okay? Uh, So often, I, I, I came up with this idea years and years ago, this idea that often when people pray, it's like, pick up the phone Uh, Jesus, uh, not feeling really well. I need a million dollars and I need peace and stop the war in Ukraine. Thank you, Jesus. Click. And then they wonder, why hasn't my life changed? Why hasn't Jesus forced me into being a better person? Hi, Jesus, I'm in trouble again. Are you there? Most of my prayers in my quiet time, I, I go, Jesus, are you there? And I wait until I have some sense of the presence of the Lord. Like, I'm lonely and scared. Are you there? Is this is this real? Are you real? And inevitably I get the the, the reassurance in the, that. Ah, okay, so for step two to function well, you need to wait. So very few of you are confident in your ability to wait and hear the Lord. We did a quick show of hands a few seconds ago. So let's do a a fun little exercise called receiving the Holy Spirit. Is that cool? Yeah? You want to take that risk? Yeah? Okay. So we're going to do what's called a responsatory prayer. I'm going to lead you, and then you more or less basically repeat what I say. Again, if you don't like it, you throw the purple ball at me, you get my attention, you say something when we talk about being authentic, it means we don't conjure. We're not creating an atmosphere that doesn't exist. We're asking the Lord to come and show up. So we can interrupt that by asking questions and talking. All right. Any questions or talking? No, none. Somebody asked a question. It's over there somewhere. I don't know who threw it. Otherwise they'd have it back. Okay. Um, So work with me, we'll just pray through this together. And again, if you have questions or you're uncomfortable with what I'm saying, I'm not forcing you, this is a voluntary exercise. Go for it, see where it takes you, okay? So thank you, Jesus, for your love, for creating this world, for creating this playground. Thank you for empowering us through your Holy Spirit. Jesus, in this moment, I forgive everyone who's hurt me and I release them to you, Jesus. And in Jesus' name, I bless them. I choose to bless them instead of cursing them. Jesus, can you forgive me for my sinful nature. How many people heard yes? Or felt yes or felt peace in that moment? Okay. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Holy Spirit, in this moment, I open myself up to you. Please come and fill me With your presence. Now, those of you who felt the presence of the Holy Spirit before, remember that physical sensation and just invite that back into you and let it fill in you and let it dwell in you. Okay, now things get a little tricky. Honesty moment. Who here is struggling with this? Who here isn't feeling that? Who here has never been filled with the Holy Spirit? Hands up. Repeat after me, Holy Spirit, protect me and make me safe. Fill me with your love, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and my mind. Bridge the gap between my heart and mind. Now in your mind, just imagine whatever the Holy Spirit looks like to you, whatever the Holy Spirit feels like to you. Just imagine that and just imagine the Lord, the love of the earth, the creator of the world pouring into you. Those of you struggling with feelings of unworthiness and why would the Lord feel me and I'm not worth it and I'm nobody, all that stuff, that's a lie. In Jesus' name, we cut off the voice of the accuser that brings those thoughts to people's minds and we we pronounce that that's a lie. And in Jesus' name, we refuse to listen to lies. We are all worthy of the love of the Lord or we wouldn't be breathing. Good. Okay, ready? (laughs) Now that we've created this holy moment, we're going to switch. And it's okay to switch. It's okay to just stop and switch. So now the person who is just praying... You're going to get a gift, so put your hands out like this. And we're going to pray again. Holy Spirit, some people are crying. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and mind. Fill me and let me feel your presence. And in person, doing the pray ing, you feel that presence and you just pour it into that person. Just let it overflow from your heart. So while we're in this meditative moment, I want to talk a wee bit more about the Holy Spirit. We have the idea of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that the, the, the empowering move of the Lord is hovering above us like a dove, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit comes into us and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then when it overwhelms us and, and washes us, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what we're doing to each other right now is baptizing each other in the Holy Spirit. In the book called The Bible, Paul talks about the idea of praying always. And I think praying always is knowing that the presence of the Holy Spirit is always there. It's always above us. It's always with us, whether we're aware of it or not. And in moments like this, we can open ourselves up to be filled. The reality is you're always filled with the Holy Spirit. You're just not usually aware of it. So these moments allow allow us to be aware of it. And being baptized is blessing others and letting them to feel the presence of it. And if you're old school vineyard, you're also aware of the idea of being slain in the spirit where the presence is on you so powerfully that you break down and uh, I've seen people fall on the floor. What we're doing today is gentle. So my time is up. Our job as prayer ministers is to obey. God's job is to heal so we can't fail. You follow these first two steps what would you like prayer for? Respectful, loving, listen. Ask the Lord, what's really going on? Here's the deeper truth of how these two steps work. When someone tells me what they want prayer for, they're opening up, there's a vulnerability created. We have an opportunity to do some good work. I then empty myself of myself and I say, Jesus, what do you wanna do here? That exercise we just did where you confess your sins, you, you, you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. I do that every time I pray for somebody. I'm quiet, sometimes for a minute. I've stopped worrying about what the person's thinking. Oh, I asked Patrick to pray and he's just standing there. I don't think about that anymore. It used to worry me, I don't care anymore. And I wait until I know what to do. And once I know what to do, God's job is, is it's easy. It makes prayer easy. You don't need 20 years of prayer ministry experience. You don't need to do the KM1 book. You don't need all this training that I've had. You don't need it. You just need to listen and obey. When I teach KM1, I have a t-shirt I made up that says, listen and obey. Like, and I say that over and over again. The trick is to get better at listening. And then the next part is getting used to obeying. We're going to talk a lot more about what that looks like in the future, because again, I could go on for hours and hours about that. So I'm hoping most of you have felt that sweet indwelling of the Spirit this morning. Yes? Anybody who didn't stay behind, we'll pray for you some more. It's not a forceful thing. It's a releasing thing. It's a surrendering thing. We don't try. We just let go. We let it fill us. And in that moment that we're filled, we say to the Lord, how do I pray for this person? And that's the obeying part. That's the tricky part. And Tab will talk a lot more about that next week. But in that moment, you know you can't fail. Now, the person may be asking for prayer for a sore shoulder and you may not heal their shoulder. They may still have a sore shoulder afterwards. But if you listen to the Lord and you prayed in accordance with the Lord's direction, they're going to be blessed. It may not be what they were looking for, but they got something. I've, in, in 25 years of doing this, absolutely every time I've prayed for somebody the Lord showed up and told me what to do, even before I knew what I was doing. It's not hard. We're going to spend seven weeks on this, but it's not hard. Okay? Cool? So if you'd like to receive prayer, please come forward at this time. We'd like to invite you forward to receive the Holy Spirit and more power or anointing or whatever. Or if you have anything you'd like prayer for, please step forward, and we will be happy to pray for you. Because by trusting us to pray for you, you honor me. And we will in turn honor you by trying to do it well. Have a lovely day. Enjoy the remnants of July and the love of the Holy Spirit. Now that you've been filled, go forward and be fruitful praying for others, blessing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless you all. Have a lovely week. I think we're done.